We've been talking about the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives and uh, in the world. Uh, last week, we gave kind of a general description of His work. We said the Holy Spirit is the presence of God in the world, in the lives of believers, and in the church. It's His presence here uh, with us. Uh, today, we want to start heading down the road of what the Holy Spirit is accomplishing in the world, and more specifically, the fact that most of what the Holy Spirit is wanting to accomplish in the world, He accomplishes through us. He accomplishes through His presence in our lives and the power that He has given us. You can think of it as a partnership between us and God's Spirit at work here in the world. God's presence at work in the world. He wants to use you and He wants to use me. As a matter of fact, that's His primary way of working through the world is in us, the Holy Spirit could do whatever He wants. He could perform any miracle that He wanted. He could uh, accomplish any goal that He wanted. And yet, His primary work in the world is through us. So today, we're going to talk about one of the ways He works through us. And then we're going to take next week off and celebrate Father's Day. And in two weeks, we're going to talk about a different way that the Holy Spirit is at work in us. The, the, the topic we're going to take up today is the fact that the Holy Spirit empowers gifts, gives abilities to us as individuals in the church, in the body of Christ, to carry out specific roles that will lead to the mission of God getting accomplished in the world. Now, let me say right up front that this particular topic, uh, we sometimes refer to it as gifts or spiritual gifts. It can at times be divisive in the church. It has in the past, all the way back to the New Testament when Paul was writing. This particular topic was a little divisive. It can be divisive at times today. Hopefully, we're going to get to the end of uh, the topic today and all still be happy and love each other and, and, and uh, be friends. Uh, hopefully, I can present it in a way that won't lead to that sort of division for us. But it has, in some ways, led to that. A disclaimer as we get started, because there's kind of so many little tributaries to this topic, we can't run down all of them today, we can't define every word and, and run down every specific application, so this isn't a seminary course today. Uh, I'm not sure it's a message today. It's kind of a workshop on this topic today. So we're just kind of workshop this topic a little bit. If you have additional questions, I'll be happy to talk to you about those or specific things you've wondered. I'll be glad to talk to you about those after the service. So you can email me and we can talk about those. I just want to give us a, a broad kind of push in the direction of this topic of gifts. Here's what, here's what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. In other words, the Holy Spirit gives out these gifts. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. So here's a big, broad idea we're going for today. Every believer is empowered by the Holy Spirit with the ability to have an eternal impact. Every believer, if you're a follower of Jesus... If you've committed your life to Christ, trusted Him by faith, every single believer is empowered by the Holy Spirit to have an eternal impact around them 
through specific strengths, through specific abilities, through specific gifts that you have. Now, none of us can impact eternity on our own. None of us have that ability. You and I can't change anyone's heart. We can't change anyone's soul. No, no matter how good you are at something, whether you're a good speaker, or you're a good teacher, or you're a good singer, you're, you, you serve well, you're, you're friendly, all of those are wonderful things. But humanly speaking, you and I can't impact anybody's eternity. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. And the Holy Spirit chooses to do that through us. Like we get to be involved. We get to be a part of the Holy Spirit changing hearts and changing minds and changing eternal destinies. And the Spirit of God's empowered you to do that. He's empowered me to be able to do that. Uh, here's another way that Paul talks about it in 1 Corinthians 12. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To each one. He's talking to the church and he's saying... Every one of you have a gifting by the Spirit. You, you have an ability that the Spirit of God could use to impact someone's eternity. So that means nobody's a bystander when it comes to what God is doing in the world, what the Holy Spirit is trying to accomplish in the world. Nobody's on the sideline. Nobody's sitting this one out. This is an all-skate, right? Everybody in. Everybody's going to be a part of this. Everybody has a role to pay to each one of us. The Spirit of God has empowered us. He's gifted us. He's ready to use us. I mean, honestly, the only thing that would keep Him from using us is us. Is if we refuse to participate in what He's doing in our lives. Here's a kind of a thought to get us moving down this road. The Bible identifies a variety of spiritual gifts, and there's no agreement on how many there are. You know, if, you, if you're like me... Um, I like a list. I like kind of cutting to the chase. Just give me the list. Just tell me the bullet points, and I'm happy. Um, if you're thinking about spiritual giftedness, a question I would have is, okay, just show me the list. And, and if I could show you the list, I'd show you the list. Instead, I've given you some, some Bible passages that you could look up. And what you'll find is, yeah, there's some gifts that are listed in each of those, but it's never the same list twice. Some, some same words appear in different lists, but it's not the exact same list every time the Bible talks about spiritual gifts, which must mean God did not intend for us to have a specific list. Now, these lists are important. The lists that you find in the Bible are important because they can, they can say, hey, here's, here's what we're talking about. These are the sort of things we're talking about. Maybe you read a list and go, I think that's me. I, I think I have that strength. I think the Holy Spirit uses that in my life. The lists are important, but, the, but God never intended us to read a list and go, oh, well, that's mine. Oh, that's mine. We'll talk later on in the message about... Some good ways to discover your giftedness, your strengths, where you might fit in this process. But choosing from a list is probably not the best way to do it. Another idea. We're given unique empowerment from the Holy Spirit in order to strengthen the effectiveness of the body of Christ, the church. When the Bible talks about spiritual giftedness or spiritual gifts... It's always within the context of a local church. 
It's always within the context of this is how the local church works best, is, is most effective. And I know not everybody likes that idea, uh, but that's the idea that the Bible presents, is that if you're a follower of Jesus, empowered by the Spirit, then you're connected to a local body, a local church, and within that body, you're using your gifts to advance the mission of God, the, to, 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 to change the eternal destinies of the people that are around you. And I know that some of us sometimes we think, well, I don't need the church, and we can argue that point maybe, but the church needs you. Like this, like this is where you're supposed to plug in. This is where you will find greatest fulfillment and, I would say, greatest effectiveness in the use of the gifts that you have and the strengths that you have. Our gifts, I believe, are less effective when we use them in isolation. Our gifts, our gifts, our strengths, our abilities to, to impact the world are less effective when they're used in isolation. And one of the reasons is, although all of us are good at something, and maybe you're good at some things, maybe it's plural, maybe there are like several things that you're really good at, you're not good at everything. Like, I hate to break it to you. You're good at some things. I'm good at some things. I'm not good at everything. That's the beauty of the way the Bible describes the church and specifically the work of the Holy Spirit through the church is that nobody has to be good at everything because we have each other. And what I'm not good at, some of you are really good at. And what you're not good at, there are other people that are really good at those things. That's why the Bible describes us as a body. We're a body with different parts and different roles and every part of the body is really important. And if the foot decided to just walk off from the body and do foot things, then the foot would be ineffective at all the other things that the body does. Paul uses this argument. If the eye just goes off and becomes an eye, well, then all the other things that the body is supposed to do, the eye could never do by itself. And his point is like you're supposed to belong to a body. You're supposed to be connected to a body. And when you're not, not only do you suffer, the body suffers. When your part's missing... When your strengths are missing, when your abilities are missing, the rest of the body suffers. We all understand the fact that when we injure even the smallest part of our body, the rest of our body responds. Ever stubbed your smallest toe in the middle of the night on something? It's not just your toe that reacts, is it? Like it's your whole body that reacts in that moment. Your face reacts. Your, your body reacts. Your mouth says things it shouldn't say in that moment, right? I mean, your toe's down there and your mouth's up here. But if your toe is hurting, your mouth responds. Paul says, like, this is the way the church is. Pinky toes is big. If it's not well, the rest of your body's not as effective as it could be. Some of, some of us have battled summer colds. I've talked to some of you, allergies, that sort of thing. If you have a head cold, how does the rest of your body feel? Miserable, right? You feel miserable all over. Sometimes it's not until we're sick that we realize how wonderful it is to be well, right? You've ever been like sick for a week or two and you think, oh, 
I just wish I'd get back to being able to wake up and breathe. I forgot how wonderful it was to breathe. You, you, you take those things for granted. That, that's the way the church is. When there's a part that's missing, when there's a part that's not functioning well, then the whole body is not functioning well. I think it's helpful to, to think of the church in these terms of body because a body's alive, right? The, the, the church, I don't know what your mentality is, what your picture is of the church. The church is not an organization so much as it's an organism. Sometimes we think of the church as kind of organization and the leaders and structure, and we need structure and, and slots and titles and name on the door and denomination or non-denomination or interdenominator or all these little titles. Some, sometimes our picture of the church can be building and structure and organization when the way the Bible talks about the church is like, it's a body. We're alive and we need one another. And we're a part of this living, growing, active organism. And, and you have a part to play in the body. Uh, the Bible never references the church as a, as a business or as some organizational structure. The Bible says the church is a body. And the Holy Spirit brings people into the body to make the body more effective. You're here for a reason. You're not just randomly at this church if this is your church. You didn't just randomly happen to show up. The Holy Spirit thinks you're needed here. The Holy Spirit thinks you can help us accomplish His mission through Journey Church or else you'd be at some other church. But the Holy Spirit felt like the part that you could play needed to be played here and He wants you to play it. He wants you to fill that role. He wants you to do the thing that He's created you to do that will advance the mission and ministry of God here at this church. Now, not only are you needed here, but the Bible says we all belong to each other when it comes to our giftedness. These are Paul's words in Romans 12. For just as each of us has one body with many members, there's that analogy, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Each member belongs to all the others. We're all, we're all interdependent. Right? We're, we're, we're a society focused on independence, and the Bible says, no, you're not independent. You're all supposed to connect together. You're all supposed to work together together. You're all supposed to be connected to one another, that your part is important and your part is important, and they're not the same, but when they get put together, then the mission of the Holy Spirit in the world gets accomplished more faithfully. I mean, you just think about a Sunday morning here at our church. Think of all the things that have to happen in order for us to have church. You drove in this morning, you saw the parking crew, like first thing on the way in, uh, those cones didn't magically set themselves up. I know that some of us think that they do. They didn't walk out there and set themselves up. There are some wonderful people that got here really early and set those up. Not because most of us need to know where to park, right? Most of us have been coming here a while and we know where to park. Uh, most, some of us have been coming here for 10 months. We could park ourselves. Like, we don't need parking people, but some people came today for the first time. Some people came for the second time. You, you, have you ever driven up to a new place 
and not knowing where to go. You know that anxiety that some of us have when that happens? Like, because none of us want to be embarrassed. None of us want to go the wrong way. Right? We've done that before. It's kind of embarrassing. None of us want to go the wrong way. And so it's great if it's your first time for you to pull up and you know where to go. Like it's clear you're supposed to go. There's signs. There's somebody with a smile saying, go that way. Welcome to Journey. We need those guys. We need that to happen every single week. What if nobody did that? Or what if the same two guys did it every week until they got burned out and hated orange cones and hated signs and burned them to the ground and walked away? Not that they would ever do that. But that happens. Like when we're not all finding a place to serve, then it kind of falls on like a small group of people to pull off everything, and eventually that just wears them out. People pull in. And, and the beautiful thing about the interconnectedness of all of these uh, opportunities is you meet a friendly face on the way in and parking, and then there's a friendly face at the door greeting you and asking if you need any help. And then there's a friendly face at coffee. You got free coffee, and it's good coffee, and it's great to say to a guest, hey, enjoy some of our coffee. We'd love for you to have coffee. And then you meet a friendly person at guest services, and they give you a gift from our church. And you come and have a great experience in a worship service. And all of those little touches start to add up until somebody starts feeling like this is home. And, and, until people start thinking, I, I'll come back and listen to that again. Like, I'll come back and hear more of what they're saying about God and about the Bible. Maybe not because the pastor was great, but maybe because enough people touched them and said hello and greeted them and smiled at them and made them feel at home. And all of that added up to us being able to effectively share Jesus with a person over time. Right? And it takes all of us. It takes all of us together. We, we have some folks who are leading community groups, hosting community groups in their homes, others teaching and leading community groups, women's groups, men's groups, co-ed groups. We, we have people leading our summer connection groups right now. It's getting off to a great start. It's going to be a fun summer with our connection groups. We have people teaching preschool and children's ministry. We have a ton of people getting ready to lead four nights of vacation Bible school. 100-plus kids will be all over the campus all this week. And we have incredible people saying, I'm going to put my gifts in play. I'm going to use my gifts so that some of these kids might come to know Jesus. Or maybe we get a chance to introduce ourselves to their families, and their families start coming to Journey, and Journey gets to introduce them to Jesus. The Holy Spirit designed the body so that we would all work together, so that we would all be a part of this together. And, and here's the reality. We don't have a church if we don't have people committed to serving. We don't have a church. It's not long before there's no journey. If we don't have people who are here early, ushers getting the connection cards ready and coffee people getting the coffee ready, community group leaders leading, people teaching in our youth ministry, people teaching in our preschool and children's ministry, we don't have a church if people stop using their gifts. You have been empowered to be a part of what God's doing. So how do you figure it out? How do you start? How do you think about your own giftedness and your own abilities? Let me give you four questions to ask. These are not scientific questions, but, but let me give you four questions. I think that'll get you headed in the right direction. 
And let me encourage you to ask all four of these questions. Right? It's cumulative. Don't just pick the one you like the most and go with that one. There's four questions. Ask all four of these questions. Here's the first one. A good place to start is to ask, what brings me joy? Like, what fires me up? When I think about the kingdom, when I think about serving, when I think about church ministry and, and being a part of what Journey's doing, like what fires me up? What brings me joy? You know, I, I'm a big believer that when we're serving where God wants us to serve, joy follows. Now, that doesn't mean that you're happy all the time. and We, we all face frustrations and you have to work through things. Uh, we're people, right? People aren't perfect. Churches aren't perfect. So you have to work through things sometimes, but on a consistent basis, like over the long haul, if you're serving where God has gifted you and the Spirit has empowered you, you're going to find a sense of joy in serving in, in that area. So just ask yourself, where do I find joy? Second question, where am I effective? What am I good at? Very often those two go together because most of the time we find the most joy doing the things that we're most effective at. Right? When we're good at something, we sense accomplishment. We sense like we're contributing. We have joy where we're most effective. However, sometimes we see things that we think we would love to do. We're just not real good at them. And so you got to ask, not just where do I find joy, but where am I effective uh, we, we see Zach lead every week, and he's great. Like, he's awesome. Like, he's talented. And he makes it look easy uh, because he's, he's done it so long. And he's, there's a lot of practice in, in the background. There's a lot of organization that you don't ever see before Sunday happens. But he, he leads out of just a heart of joy. We, we know that his heart's in it. And he makes it look so easy that it's easy to sit out there and go, I would love to do that. I would find a lot of joy doing what Zach does. The problem is the rest of us would not find joy if you tried to do what Zach does. Right? Sometimes we like doing things or we have joy in certain things, but we're not good at it. And we have to ask that question. I'm not trying to be negative. I am trying to be realistic. We have to ask the question, when I do that, am I really effective at it? Is that, a, is that a part, really, of what God has called me to do, or do I need to find something else? Now, kind of a, a side note to this, I'm not suggesting that you should immediately be perfect at your gift is, like whatever your strength is, whatever your talent or ability is. I'm not suggesting you should be absolutely perfect the first time that you try it. Paul encourages Timothy to work on his gift. This is in 2 Timothy chapter 1. Paul writes, for this reason I remind you, he's talking to, to Timothy, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the Spirit of God, uh, for the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So Paul says to Timothy, look, I, I want you to stir up the gift. That's another way some translations uh, give that phrase. I want you to stir up. I want you to fan into flame. I want you to work on that. I want you to bring that gift out. Because sometimes we, we look at ourselves and, and we don't see what's in us. Right? We, we don't see the gift that's really in there. And so we need people to step into our lives and say, no, you should do that more. You should work on that. 
Yes, there is the aspect of working on our gifts and getting better at our gifts, and we're not going to be perfect at our gifts right off the bat, but there's also the other side of just not realizing what I'm good at. So, what brings me joy? Where am I effective? Third question, what do other people recognize or commend? Or, what do other people think I'm effective at? What brings me joy? What do I think I'm effective at? Next question, what do other people think I'm effective at? When I do this, what do, do other people say, boy, you do a great job at that. You should do that more often. You are really good at that. We've, we've all had people speak entire lives at different times, encouraging, like Paul, drawing out gifts that maybe we didn't see to say, hey, you should be doing that. Sometimes it, it, it will help us narrow where we're supposed to be serving by listening for what people in general have been commending us for. You're really good at this. You should pursue this because here's the tension, like I said, we're not always good at the things we enjoy, right? I enjoy golf. I'm no good at it, right? we're, we're not always good at the things we enjoy. It's fine for a hobby, right? It's different when it comes to ministry. We're not always good at the things we enjoy. Here's the harder one. We're not always good at the things we think we're good at. Okay, not trying to be negative. I'm just trying to be realistic. Okay, I'm just trying to tell you, I got a lot of experience with this. I'm just trying to tell you, we're not always good at the things we're good at. So it helps to ask what brings me joy? Where do I think I'm effective? Where do other people say I'm effective? It's kind of like a funnel. I'm kind of like funneling down maybe to find where God wants me. Joy, big category. Effective, not quite as big. Other people think I'm effective, maybe not quite as big. To help me find a spot that God wants me to serve in. Um, some of us can see ourselves as better at things than we are. And some of us can see ourselves as not as good at things as we are. Again, that was Paul's whole point to Timothy. Like, don't, don't hold back. Like, don't be afraid. Step into that gift. Like, use that gift. Yeah, you'll grow. You'll get better at it. But you've got to exercise that gift in order to get better at it. Last question. And that's the question, what is needed? Where do I find joy? What do I think I'm effective at? What do other people think I'm effective at? In the body of Christ where I'm a part, what do they need? Sometimes figuring out our, our gift is as simple as asking, what is needed? I'm willing to do that. What is needed? I'm willing to do that. And we may start doing it, we may find out I'm not good at it, or we may find out I don't have a lot of joy, so I'm going to do this for a little while, and, and then maybe we can find somebody else to do it. But as I said, you're in this body for a reason. There are things that are needed in this body that you could help fill, and sometimes the way to start that process is just to ask what's needed at the body where I attend that I can fill. Sometimes this is <clears throat> boiling down your gift to kind of its rock bottom level. If you've been a follower of Jesus for a long time, and if you've come from other churches and other church experience, 
no doubt you, you have kind of an idea of how you served at those other churches. It's probably very effective. It's probably great. It may fit here. It may not fit here. But we sort of have a mentality of, well, I did this at my last church, so I'm going to do it at this church. When what we should ask is, what is the root giftedness that I carried out in that role that I could carry out here maybe in a different way? I, it, example. You're, you're a teacher. You, you love to teach. That's your gifting. Is you love to teach God's Word. And you taught a great Sunday school at your class at your last church. And you showed up here, and we don't have Sunday school, right? We don't have anywhere to... We don't have any place to have Sunday school. Uh, we don't have Sunday school. And so your giftedness was not teaching Sunday school. Your giftedness was teaching. And so trying to figure out, all right, how does that gift work in this church where God has planted me now? It may not look exactly the same as your last church, but your giftedness is still needed. What is needed and how can I help that? Here's what I know. <clears throat> you won't discover your gift by doing nothing. You just won't. I mean, if, if discovering your contribution to the kingdom of God is important to you, you got to try something. You, you won't discover it by praying about it. That sounds bad, doesn't it? I believe in prayer. Prayer is great. But prayer alone won't magically show you your giftedness. You actually have to do something. You have to try some things. You have to go to work. Now, real quick as we end, Paul offered a couple of warnings about our gifts and our abilities. Here's the first one. <clears throat> the use of our gifts should not be a distraction to believers. 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 14, if you read those chapters, Paul's dealing with a lot of division in the church over giftedness. And where Paul lands is, Look, your exercise, your use of your gifts should not become a distraction to the church. And if it has, you're not using your gift in the right way. You need to re-examine the expression of your giftedness if it is causing distraction among, among believers. The, when the Bible speaks of unity, Paul in, uh, speaks of spiritual gifts, Paul in particular is always reinforcing the unity of the body. That's one of the roles of the Spirit of God is to bring unity within the church. The spirit of unity sometimes called. And if the exercise, the demonstration of your gift is causing distraction or division, then you and I have to step back and ask, all right, where am I missing it? Because the use of my gift should not be causing division and should not be causing distraction. We have to keep in mind that the purpose of our gifts is not to call attention to our gifts. The reason we were strengthened, we were empowered, we were given abilities, is not so everybody would go, oh, look at their abilities. Like we were given abilities to accomplish the mission of God in the world, that more people would come to know Jesus and grow up in their faith, spend eternity with God in heaven. And not to draw attention to my gifts, so my gifts should not become a distraction within the body or within the church. His, his other warning was, the use of our gifts should not be a barrier to unbelievers. I should not exercise my gift in such a way that becomes confusing to unbelievers who show up for worship or show up for your community group or show up for preschool ministry or children's ministry. 
The exercise of my gift should not confuse those who aren't yet followers of Jesus, and they should not be a barrier or a distraction to those who are. Last two things. You just need to do something if you want to find your spot. You just want to do something. You just need to do something. And you may find out that's the wrong something. Let me try something else. But I'm going to serve somewhere because I'm a part of a body that needs everybody's input, that needs everybody's help, that needs everybody's service. So I'm going to play some role. I can't play every role. I can't do everything. But I can do something to get involved. You, you, you can write on your connection card before you turn it in. I want to get involved. Help me to know how. Or I already know. I want to get involved in this way. You can go to the website where it says next steps. There's a link to all the ways that you could serve a journey. You could click on one of those. Somebody will contact you. Just, just do something. Because the church, this church, the local church journey needs you in order to be at its best. We can't be at its best if we don't have you. If we don't have you serving and giving and volunteering with the rest of us and serving with the rest of us. That's how the Holy Spirit primarily accomplishes His work in the world is through us. All of us involved. Let's pray. God, we thank You that Your Holy Spirit does empower us. Does, that He does give us strengths and abilities and giftedness. And, and even beyond that, that your spirit gives us the ability to have eternal impact through, through what we do, through how we serve. So God, help none of us to just sit it out. God, help none of us to be bystanders when we've been empowered by your spirit to be a part. God, I, in the church, things don't always go perfectly and there are bumps and and and. Not everything's smooth, but you've called us to link arms together, to serve together so that the ministry of the Holy Spirit would be most effective in this place. Help us all to be a part.